Hello, and welcome to another installment of Booklist's Shelf Care Interview, an occasional conversation series where we get to talk with authors and artists about their books and, of course, libraries. I'm Sarah Hunter, editor of the Books for Youth and Graphic Novel section at Booklist, and I'm here today with Jessica and Erin Bagley, the writer and artist behind the upcoming graphic novel Duel, which will be released this fall. Special thanks to Simon & Schuster Children's Publishing for sponsoring this podcast. Before we jump in, here's a little bit more about our guest today. Jessica Bagley is a children's book author and illustrator with a background in fine arts and comics, whose work appears in such publications as New American Paintings, Highlights Magazine, and my personal hometown alt-weekly, The Chicago Reader. Her work includes the award-winning Boats for Papa and many other junior library guild selections, many of which feature animals and emotional themes often inspired by her own experiences. She teaches and speaks about writing and illustration and lives in Seattle, but her husband, Aaron Bagley, who is also here to talk about Jewel. Aaron is an illustrator who has created pieces for The Stranger, the Seattle Review of Books, and the Virginia Quarterly Review, and he is a frequent collaborator with Jessica, including the picture book Vincent Comes Home from 2018. As you probably guessed, he too lives in Seattle. Thank you so much for being here today, Jessica and Aaron. Hi, thanks for having us, Sarah. Yeah. So we'll get right into the questions, and I'll start with a pretty easy one. Tell us a little bit about the inspiration for the book. The inspiration is so many different things, but really the basic sort of core work came from is that my sister, Cece, and I, we used to fight a lot when we were younger. I guess I never thought about necessarily making a book about that, but I used to fence when I was in college, and both my mom and my sister had done a little bit of fencing before. And so it just kind of, it was kind of based off of those two things, really. That was the springboard for the initial idea about these two sisters fighting. And the younger sister gets really mad at the older sister, so she challenges her to a duel. That is sort of like very much rooted in elements of my own past and sort of an opportunity for me to see what would have happened, I guess, if like we had let our escalations get to like a a heightened point, so to speak. I don't know. Uh, mm -hmm. So you've both done work in picture books before, but this is, is this the longest work you've ever done? Both of you? Definitely. What has it been like working on a long form graphic novel together? (laughs) (laughs) He laughed. I laughed because, because you just, you wrote it and then your work wasn't done after you wrote it, but um, no, yeah. the, the illustrating took a long time. It, it, it did. Well, because usually in the past, like we have done work that it's, we're doing it collaboratively. So we'll, we'll write it and we'll illustrate it together. We'll, we'll trade drawings back and forth or we'll right. write each writes, you know, some of it and sort of work on it together. So our, our creative past has been really about this really intertwined collaboration and i think that this was really different because this was the first time i was ever just writing something for anybody and aaron this he's really he's a very talented illustrator so he's he's done this a lot where he's illustrated for other people before but for us to do this together where we really like as they say stayed in our own lanes was was interesting it was i liked it i was i was really looking forward to to illustrating something of this girth uh, <laughs> that someone else wrote and all I had to do was interpret the the text, which I kind of been waiting for a long time for it to happen. I didn't realize until you you were like, would you want to illustrate this? And just asked me that I, I was like, yes, very much, <laughs> very much. And, and because our collaboration is usually so enmeshed, by the end of a project, we we look at something and because we either wrote it together and illustrated it together, 
we tend to lose the sight of who did what and it just hey. becomes one thing, which is really great. And we love that part of it. It is. It's such a like reflex for us to to really view our the finished project as like like a whole thing, not like the parts. And mm-hmm. while we really did I respected Aaron's decisions with the the artwork completely and he didn't question any of my writing or anything like that. But really, when we looked at it together, it feels like something that we really made fully together. And it doesn't, if, I don't look at the, the, the illustrations and feel disjointed from them or, di- or like disconnected at all. With Jessica and, and me, we devote ourselves and give ourselves entirely over to one another in this process, which makes it so rewarding to have the end product be something that you can both enjoy from that respect rather than like, well, I did this part and yeah. she did this part. I and mean, we just have never approached it that way. And so I guess that's why like doing it with something this big and that our roles were separate, they still it didn't feel doesn't feel that way in the end. No, it feels really good. And it feels like I think I say this in the acknowledgments in the book, but it, it's just it's really important for me that he actually did this because this was so much about my memories and while it was fiction to like let somebody illustrate that is such a personal thing Mm -hmm. and i couldn't do that like i i sat down and i kind of had tried a little and it was like i am just too close to this like this is going to be this book will never happen if i am going to try to illustrate it because it would be too emotional too hard and aaron he just treats everything with such a a thoughtfulness and a care that it was like a no-brainer that he would be able to interpret this in a way that had elements of me in it mm-hmm. and then also me not having to me not doing these things it was it so it was, it was very unique but it was totally the right thing what you just said jessica segued nicely into one of my other questions for you which is that you note in the afterward that um writing the book helped you rediscover some things about your own childhood experiences with grief and i'm wondering whether you think there's something about writing for a middle grade audience or even, I guess, for a picture book audience that calls for or creates like the perfect conditions for vulnerability or reflection. I'm wondering whether you think that that's true for you. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think I really love this genre. I, I love picture books. Picture books was like that was the thing that I loved when I was a kid. I just uh, th- like the artwork and then the the mix with the text. It was really special. But for me, when the time that I was growing up in like the you know 80s and 90s at, at these ages, they didn't have anything that was really that really spoke to me. There was there was not this genre. This genre mm-hmm. of middle grade graphic novel didn't exist. And I really I think I would have loved that. I, I, I the, the, the part of me that is really enjoying to getting to do these things is the part of me that wished that I had these when I was a kid. And I think that being sort of in that sort of like eight to 12, nine to 12 sort of age um, it's just it's really hard. It's a really hard time. And I have deep empathy for kids that are, you know, in that space of their life. I don't take it lightly. I it, there's just there's so much emotion going on. You know, you're exploring your self-expression. You know, at the same time, you're figuring out like where to place yourself like inside of these different changing social constructs and like the, the social settings. And then with that just naturally comes like judgment from other people. So it's this like mix of like self-awareness and then also judgment and the the level of insecurity as you're trying to find your confidence. It's just it's this swirling sort of 
emotional space. And I think that the benefit of these sort of books is to help, you know, these kids get through this like inconsistent and clumsy time is like really showing everybody that you're not perfect <laughs> and that everybody's families are a little messy and things don't always make sense and you don't always look the way that you feel like on the inside or there's just all of these things. And I think these sort of books really are special because they're creating space for kids' struggles to become visible. And right. And that just in the end just makes us all feel not alone. I read middle grade graphic novels as an adult now, and there's parts of me that I feel like get healed because I'm relating to these things that these kids are going through, right? And yeah. if I can, as a as a as a four to two year old woman, if I can feel those things, I know that the kids that read them will also feel those things. That they will resonate because they're they're in it, right? Mm -hmm. They are vulnerable. They are going through these really intense emotions and finding themselves. And so I think that I think I was probably always meant to sort of be in this sort of storytelling space based on how yeah. much those books mean to me now. <laughs> well, specifically to grief, I think, you know, your first book, Boats for Papa, dealt with it and in other metaphor, metaphorical ways, some of your other books and then specifically Duel again. And childhood grief is confusing. Grief's just confusing. Um, and it lasts for varying amounts of time from person to person, depending on trauma. And, you know, I think it's you keep exploring it in your work. And it's for kids to have that resource in fiction is very handy when as a culture, I feel like we really gloss over grief. Uh, yeah, you're right. It, it is very complicated. And the nice thing about fiction is that it's a very gentle way to approach the topic without having to like think hard. I mean, as you were saying, you when you were trying to work on this yourself and drawing the pictures, it was too close. Um, and having the distance of fiction can um create like the the comforting boundary to process it in in a way at your own pace, which I think is so important for children, especially. Yeah. And I think what I do in my work in general is I try to leave as much room to invite as many people into the experience as possible. So I tend okay. to sort of back off of certain details of things um, because I want it to be like, oh, maybe she's talking about this experience, which I went through, which is totally different from somebody else's. You know, I think that dual is while it is very specific it's about these two sisters and you do find out that there is that there's a, a like a death in, in the family and that's what has caused part of this i think that there's still like a lot of room for people to like come into this like even if you you don't have to be a fencer to read this book at all you don't have to know anything about fencing and i think that there's a lot of power in that like people being people being able to relate kids being able to relate to what they are seeing even if it's not like them and their experience, you can still find yourself in any story. We're here. We're here. Speaking of the fencing, <laughs> um, fencing seems to me to be like a particularly challenging sport to draw just because it's so fast. Like the tiny little flicks seem to make a difference. And I'm curious, Erin, how you approached illustrating the practice and competition scenes to try to capture the sport of fencing in a static format. Well, I had a lot of experience like interpreting things with comics and like I did a dream comic for a long time and interpreting dreams in, 
was really difficult. And so you just kind of work with the medium and find it's, you know, what it, what the strengths are and how that can work to your advantage. And with fencing, it seems like, because like you said, it's static in the imagery in a comic, it would be really hard because fencing happens so fast. So how do you make moments last longer and show tension, even though sometimes the audience, anyone watching fencing that doesn't know anything would be like, what? Something just happened. I don't understand. <laughs> and I, I don't understand fencing fully. I, I think I have probably more of an understanding of it than most people, especially after doing the book. But Jessica helped to explain things to me. She would do demonstrations with oh, yeah. oil in our living room and... <laughs> And uh, she would help me if I was struggling. You watched a lot of videos. and Well, okay. And so I'm getting to the main thing okay. <laughs> that actually helped like... me. It wasn't videos. It wasn't it w images. Yes, it was GIFs. Fencing GIFs. A GIF, it sequences it in these frames and it breaks it down. Then it repeats it on its own. So I would just Very have handy. fencing GIFs up on my phone and would watch it. And generally I look in the mirror for a facial expression or use these these old like books from the 60s and 70s that have <laughs> the figures to help me to draw things. But for, I used my phone for this one, fencing gifts. They just, <laughs> I was able to latch on to a certain movement in a wrist or in a knee or like the way a foot is angled upward a little bit at what point during uh -huh. the foot would look like that. It was really important stuff in fencing. Like I, I really hope a fencer would look at this and be like, <laughs> Good job. Good. Yeah, no, I, like we had my my old fencing instructor, Pete Sasaki. He was kind of like the technical consult on the book. Mm. And one of the final comments that he gave when he saw like the last the the, the most re recent sort of pass of the illustrations, he was like, I really like how Aaron captured like the movement and the energy because it does. Even when you're fencing, it is it's so fast. Like I couldn't watch other fencers and know what was happening a lot of the time because sometimes the movements would be so fast. So you just haven't watched enough fencing gifts. <laughs> uh, what are the comics that made you love comics? Oh, well, I mean, I was a deep, I was a, like, I was a Sunday comics kid. Um, uh -huh. That's kind of what they had, you know, for comics. Like, so <laughs> Calvin and Hobbes was like, that, that was like the, probably the, the, the pinnacle of my sort of, cartoon aspirations at a certain point um i loved bloom county i didn't know what it was talking about ever but i loved it <laughs> like artwork in it um you know garfield to some extent but like i think that i realized recently that the once again like they didn't have the like the array of comics and the genres and like all the sub genres that they have now so it was like it was sunday comics or like you know, that that were mostly for like either like really, really little, little people, like little kids kind of, but or like adults. So there was no mm -hmm. middle ground. So um, I think that that's kind of where oddly, like my interest, it started with like Sunday comics. And then I was telling Aaron that like there wasn't really anything in between. So I there wasn't a lot that I remember from like middle school up through high school. And then when I got into college, I sort of stumbled one day into this like indie zine comic book store that was kind of near Powell's. And I was like, what is this place? And it had all these like indie underground comics. And I was like, oh, my God. And that's when I found out about, you know, Love and Rockets, like the Hernandez brothers. When I found out about Jessica Abel, just 
that sort of the the comics that really stuck out to me were the ones that I now know is like those those were more based on like memoir and experience. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of that recipe for me of like storytelling from personal experience mixed with this like like old school sort of like paneled comic. I was never like really into superheroes. So yeah, 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 yeah. Me either. And you, you didn't re- did you? Say I didn't read a lot of comics. Dark Secret. I didn't really read a lot of comics as a kid. I tried. Dark Secret now because you just I said tried. It on the podcast. <laughs> it's true. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> I I watched a lot of old cartoons like Looney Tunes and Rocking a Bullwinkle, and then a lot of newer stuff that was coming on Nickelodeon at the time, like Rugrats and Doug and. Oh. Um, and so those informed my drawing style. And then when mm-hmm. I got to, to college, um, Jessica got me into all the comics that she just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I just, I, I started making comics. Okay. I have one last question for you. If your book was on a library display, uh, what books would you like to see there with it? Ooh. Um, oh, that's a good question. For First Cat in Space ate pizza. Yeah, that was great. I, I, I love I love the sensibility, the humor in that book is just it's amazing, so perfect. And, and yeah. especially if you if you've seen the the live cartoon of it, no, some I see, and that's I I grew up watching the cartoons. That was my influence. So then, like to see it turned into a comic book is just this perfect thing. It's so yeah, good. yeah. Um, I love uh, is it stargazing, and I I love Pick. <laughs> oh my god. Like mm-hmm. that was just very exciting. Um, I would say El Defo, El Defo, Raina books, yeah, Victoria Jameson. I mean, Raina definitely because she she seemed to usher in the era of graphic novels for young readers. Yeah, she she punched. Yeah, I yeah, just, like yeah, Roller Girl drama. I love drama. Love Roller Girl. I love when stars are scattered. I love I, anything that there's like emotional component. Like you've sold me. Like I'm I'm such a I, I just can't get away from that stuff. And I don't know if that's going to like brand me as like a certain type of writer or something, but it's the stuff that I really like. I love stuff that is emotional, but you know, I love stuff that's really funny too. And I think that there's so, there's so much good stuff right now. There's so many good like graphic novels um, mm-hmm. that the kids are just so lucky. They have this like beautiful buffet of things. And I, I really hope that our book will be among that beautiful buffet because we did we put so much into it but i think that the books that we hope that ours will sit sort of on the same shelf with are ones that are gonna like do something for somebody they're gonna help in some way and that's not you know i'm not trying to come at this as like either one of us we don't want to be like grown-ups trying to like teach kids a lesson or a moral like we are very connected to our feelings from our childhood and those early years so mm-hmm. making something that feels really authentic of that time and those feelings is really, really, it's very sacred to us. And the books that are next to us in like my mind, that's what they do. They, they're, they're doing more than just entertaining. They're like really going to like help someone move through an experience or a discomfort, a little more ease or to make them feel like, hey, somebody knows what it's like to go through this or maybe maybe I can think of it in this way now. I don't know. It's it it's it's I think there's a misconception that kids' books are are easy. They're like mm-hmm. the hardest thing because you're trying to make something for 
this group of people that like it's a very fragile, very special fleeting time and you <laughs> don't want to insult them and you want to show them that people are right there with them. And there's more evidence of that than when you're working on the book and all your stuff comes up. All of your emotional <laughs> wounds come to the surface. So many wounds. Seventh grade. Oh my yeah, God. It, it happens to near 40-year-old uh, editors when they're reading all the middle grade novels that they have to do for the for their work as an uh, as a magazine editor. Too, oh, so. yeah. I'm, well, because we never, <laughs> never healed, right? I think, that no. there, I think the reality <laughs> is that, like, kind of going back to that one question about, like, why, like, why, what about middle grade? It's, like, makes us so vulnerable and, like, that it's, like, worth sort of, like, writing to. We've never healed from those hard times. We just have to, like, move on, right? Everything moves very quickly when you're young. Okay. Developmental changes, like, a sixth grader, a sixth grader and an eighth grader um, are having completely different emotional experiences. They're thinking about things completely differently. And that's only a couple of years in age difference. Like yeah. you're going through these massive milestones and those wounds from from your childhood, like they just stay with you because <laughs> there was not enough time to sort of process. Everything was on to the next horror drama, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a week later, everything's completely different. It's so chaotic. It's like, it's very, it's very challenging. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, um, no, I, I do think children's books are hard and I, I think picture books might be hardest of all, honestly. Um, I've read so yeah. many picture books in my career at Booklist and you can tell the ones that take a certain, like the finesse and the time and the attention like the combination of all those things coming together is just so challenging to walk the line between telling a story and being entertaining and making the space for a young reader to have the experience that they need to have. Um, it it does it takes a lot of a lot of careful thinking and a lot of vulnerability and a lot of willingness to like let all of your stuff reemerge when you're writing it. Yeah, it. it I mean, you know that specifically. It's, you know, you only get like, you know, usually 32 to 40 pages and upwards of 400, 500 words or something. It's it's a, that's not much t space to play to have like an emotional arc and a satisfying ending and acknowledgement of a struggle and explaining who characters are. Um, um, graphic novels is very different um, because I finally had the room to like sort of expand on all those things that I can just like the, the nuance, you know, <laughs> um, it, it was really nice to have space to, to do that. But yeah, I would say definitely picture books are harder graphic novels and writing that sort of longer form. It's, it's, it's a luxury a lot of the time, but you know, I still <laughs> edit out a lot of things because it's still, it would then get too long, you know, so it's still a balance in its own way. Well, I think that's all the time we have for today. Thank you again, Jessica and Erin, for talking with us today about the book and writing it and making art. And special thanks to Simon & Schuster Children's Publishing for making this podcast possible. Hope you have something awesome to read next.